back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast, in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And my name is Rebecca Johnson. I talk about Snyder films over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. And I also talk about superheroes and Kryptonians over on Supergirl Radio. Amazing. What is your favorite Zack Snyder movie? Oh my gosh. Well, probably Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, that's the one Thank I you. watch the most. The one I think is the <laughs> best. The one that uh, I enjoy the most um, and I get a lot out of. But I would also say one of his best films is Watchmen. I think that one is a just a top tier mm. uh, film. But uh, but yeah, I think it would probably go to BBS. Okay. Nice. Interesting. I... Uh, as soon as I said it, I was like, it's probably Batman v Superman. But I was like, you know, before, you know, for the longest time, I was a big fan of, of Sucker Punch. Mm. Uh, but I think, yeah, over time, it's been, it's, you know, it has to be Batman v Superman. It's, it's, uh, there's just so much that you get out of that movie. It's yeah. just, it's Sucker, Sucker Punch is an underrated film, though. And I think uh, I would like to, in the future, do a project on Sucker Punch, uh, you know, some sort of video. Uh, project on that because uh, it gets uh, uh, it gets the sort of misogyny uh, allegations against it that it's somehow against women and I'm like as a woman watching that film and getting to the end uh, where it basically says you have everything you need so go fight I, I'm sort of mangling the line but I'm like every time I watch the ending of that I'm like yeah, I, no, I want to take on the world it's very yeah. empowering to me it's especially, very empowering. especially as a female so I, I don't uh, understand why, why those uh, things get uh, thrown at Sucker Punch I think it's an excellent film uh, I think it has a lot of uh, storytelling layers and visual layers, and it's a very interesting movie. So, I, I it's not it's not like top tier for me, but I think it's one that I I think is very underrated for sure. Yeah, yeah, I I remember because uh, the trailers enticed me, and then I remember seeing that in theaters by myself. And at the time, I didn't know Zack Snyder. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't even know that that was a director who directed 300 and like there was no connection to it. I just thought, Hey, this movie looks cool. I'll go see it. And then I was like, wow, this movie's amazing. And then I went to go see it again in theaters. Um, and then over time, like I think after man of steel, I was like, Oh, he directed that movie and then directed this movie. And then it all started to connect together. And I was like, Oh wow. Um, and so, um, it's, it's just one of those things that like, I've always been wowed by Zack Snyder without, really following him so it's not like i just was like oh it's because of Zack snyder that i think it's great it's just like i've been impressed with him so many times it's like of course i enjoy his work because like it's proven to work so well yeah uh each and every time especially you, 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 you like can't me. Yeah, you can't you can't beat that uh Zack Snyder Larry Fong combo. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's real. Sucker punch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's that's the storytelling and the visuals, and it's like, oh, okay, this is how, like, I can see where your imagination was, and that's mm. the coolest thing. Because it's like, oh, especially for me being a kid who was constantly in in my imagination, and then when you do, <laughs> you know, reference things like Sucker Punch, great fucking example. Um, it it is like you see these this director's vision and and his team and everything where it's like this is what we're trying to depict like 
take you away escapism like you are in Mm -hmm. your mind like allow your imagination to go and you can do whatever you want because you know what it's a dream like (laughs) do whatever you want and uh just make it cool um yeah yeah, that was absolutely i was trying to think like there was another movie i saw recently that was larry fong and i was like oh what movie was it that i really enjoyed and then when i found out it was larry fong i was like oh of course that's why i liked it and it was um kong skull island which is oh yeah yeah that's a that's a that's a good larry fong film yeah yeah um did not know he also did chippendale rescue rangers (laughs) (laughs) i have not seen that yet but i haven't seen it either uh, apparently a lot of people like it but uh, yeah i've heard it's good uh, yeah and then nate he also did tomorrow war (laughs) oh uh well i can see the visualizations i (laughs) like blatantly see the visualizations of that future war like yeah absolutely what a movie what a (laughs) it certainly was something um okay so today we're talking about minute 173 uh part five all the king's horses this will be our last minute of part five tomorrow we enter part six uh it's gonna start with aquaman saying who uh because (laughs) batman is talking about lois lane um and then the minute is going to end with the Flash being confused about Batman, what Batman just said, because uh, Batman just started talking. He just started yammering about satellites and stuff, <laughs> and then it, and then it cuts off there. So uh, my my big note for this minute is the costuming. Like mm. I really enjoy this. You have you have your entire cast here, Sans Henry Cavill, um, but Gal Gadot. Uh, Jason Momoa, um, Ezra Miller, Ray Fisher, and of course, Ben Affleck as Batman. And they're in their costumes. They're having this conversation. Um, we have another moment like this in part six that I just absolutely love. Um, but I always love just seeing superheroes talk in costume. Like to me, that's like, that's the really cool comic book thing about these movies is that when I see people in costumes, and it works in the Marvel films as well when I get to see it, it's just being in costume, talking things out. Um, again, it, it probably would be like more of the earlier Russo brother films. I was going like, to say, hang on, like pump the brakes there, because what are we just like, talking about? We're just talking about Thor at this moment, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but no, there was a scene in Avengers Winter Soldier when they and, were in the, uh, in the Quinjet. Like Quin- yeah. At first, and you know, the there's o- there's only one god ma'am, that whole thing. That's a that's a fun the one. Captain America, yeah. It's a good the first Captain America suit is uh very Winter good. Soldier and Civil War that you should talk in like their costumes as well, I think. But I like this idea. I like like okay, we're here in Star Labs, everything's broken, they're talking about things like you know, Superman isn't who he is, and like yes he is because Lois Lane was there and he you know, the woman he loves, he recognizes her and then this conversation about like it's exposition for the audience to kind of get caught up like this is how bad the situation is now that Steppenwolf has the mother box and X, Y, and Z is about to happen but they're in the costume like as long as Ben Affleck's in the Batman suit and you see the padding with the cowl on yeah and (laughs) you see it all it's like I'm having a good time here because you know Batman's talking to Wonder Woman about this bad guy and like this is just this is just good, like, Saturday morning movie yeah. time for me. It's just like, oh, the superheroes are talking. Like, I like that. We don't have to have paid actor Ben Affleck talking to, right. you know, paid actor Ezra Miller, like, outside the 
suits and like it doesn't you know, have to be like the face facetimes for yeah your face it doesn't on have to be sitting in a concept car that they got to sell from yeah. mercedes like i don't <laughs> i don't need that i want this i want you as the superheroes talking like that to me is cool so yeah and their suits say so much about their cultures and they're all distinct and their personalities too like uh even with the sort of proto flash suit it shows that you know barry's made this thing on his own and he's figured it out with his scientific mind to try to see how he can get that lightning energy to kind of stay with him and then uh you know batman obviously operates in the shadows and the dark so that's reflective of him and wonder woman's got her shield so you know she's a warrior so even if you had no idea about these characters and you watch the scene you would kind of be able to make inferences about their characters like even with batman i think this is the suit that shows like the sort of the cat claw marks so the bat symbol uh so he's probably gone up against catwoman and she's probably scratched him a couple times <laughs> and uh so i think it says a lot about them even with uh, arthur he's got uh, more armor on him he's got his trident you know that's his weapon um and even here with uh cyborg with the uh the visual effects here um, one of the things that I think is really cool about his look in this minute is that he, he turns around after I think he's figured out what the equations mean, and he turns around and his, the way his hands move are so uh, interesting. It's not just like there, there's no movement there. Like he's using his hands to talk, and he's got these mechanical hands, and I, I think the way that they've captured Ray Fisher's movements here, um, it just it looks so real. It's based mm -hmm. in a natural performance, but the way that like the gears and the fingers move and all of that, um, I think even down to his look, not necessarily his costume or his suit, because he really doesn't have one. It's, you know, pajama mocap stuff. But um, the way his body moves in this one, I think is really good. It's very natural. Yeah. He's even doing um, like visual talking with the, you know, oh, with yeah. his hands, and it, it's 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 in time with his words. It's not like his hands aren't leading him. So, it it really does have that sense of a a real performance, a real feeling. Um, I mean, yeah, he's just like in time with his with his movements. Um, so his physicality is also expressing um, his vocabulary in this moment and all of that feeling and everything. Um, we also get a great shot of this cyborg butt. I mean, really, mm -hmm. come on. <laughs> I know that sounds superficial, but I actually think that's really cool. <laughs> well, I, I was because, looking at it. Hang on. I'm going to roll the tape back a little bit because, like, Because you can just, see the outline of his skeleton. The like, anatomy you can see, you can, of, you can like, see where his human yeah. robot is really yeah. cool. And you went and gave him a buttocks. Like, that, <laughs> it, it makes sense. It's good. Look at that. That's padding, you know? <laughs> well, it's following the natural design of the body and how yeah. the legs move and the hips. You know, I don't know. I'm not a, like a biology person. But uh, but the way that the, the hips would sort of rotate and those joints and the way that the, the there is a function of the, the butt. The, yeah. the reason why it would have to be there in terms of the joints and the way things move. And uh, I can see like the skeletal part of his like spine yeah. back there. The, like the shoulder blades and everything. So... I think Silas just took his inspiration to uh, reconstruct Victor from the human body and figured out how all of those parts of the human body work. And I think it's really cool in the in this design that you see, because I think some cyborg designs are just like, you know, put a metal plate on his arm, he'll be yeah. fine. But here it's showing that 
in order to recreate a human body, you have to take influence or an inspiration from the skeletal structure of the human body. And I think it's really cool that like I can see all of that in in that one shot. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a butt shot, but it is uh, showing us how all of those body parts would function in a you know in a recreated body. This is yeah. Uh, this is a T eight hundred. What we're looking at right now, like it's like a Terminator. This yeah. is a Terminator, right yeah. through and through, one hundred percent. He because we're looking at a back shot of him no face it is just robot person um that's a terminator mm-hmm. yeah you see all the all the all the mechatronic parts that would um take over the role of like human muscles and there's so many human muscles each doing their own little job right and so each part of this underlying part is is having to do that and you see shoulder blades and and really like those shoulder blades are the other four arms that just kind of collapsed in, right? Like you can see kind of like the elbow of what those other arms would be. And so they are there like kind of stowed away. Um, we talked about it, uh, I think two weeks, three weeks, maybe four weeks prior was when he turns. So he has like a, he has a spinal cord and like his spine will pull. If he turns his head, like, they have animated it so that the spine moves like a spine would. And I'm turning my head instead of talking directly into the microphone. So, <laughs> But it's like um, you see the spine uh, will fluctuate as well to his body. And so, yeah, the, um, it is. I wonder, I wonder if Mike Wilkinson, the costume designer, had any input on, on the suit as well to make sure that like, because I know the artist J.S. Morantz, who um, he's the concept artist, who did a lot of work for for this one, uh, for this movie, and he designed a lot of um, Steppenwolf and Cyborg. But it was like making sure that Cyborg matches the rest of the team. I wonder if Mike Wilkinson, the costume designer, had any input as well to like, okay, well, what does it mean to be Cyborg? Because it's like you can get crazy with alien technology, but how do you then tie it into the rest of the costumes where you have Mike Wilkinson, Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman costumes? Like how does Cyborg stand there as well? Um, And so this does like say like, yes, it is of alien technology, but we can also make it look that Greco-Roman like we want to look like the human body shape. Like we want to um, go back to like Da Vinci's like, the anatomy of a man yeah and if you think about it like a computer like the mother box like forming and creating from like uh i guess in a way following directions of how a human is built um it kind of just like would go back to that whole um vitruvius man kind of concept of like oh yeah this is that's a human being there's appendages that's points of articulation this is just you know basic anatomy um, and it's really cool that like a mother box just, you know, obviously has all of that information and just kind of goes and, and does it, uh, you know, thinking about like in this world that we live in now with all this AI and thing, 3D <laughs> printing yeah. and everything like that. It's really just cool that um, it, it would pull from a book. You know what I mean? That's that's the really cool. That's, that's <laughs> the coolest thing. Like, yeah, you are pulling from the actual directions of how to build a human um and also like his metal on his body it looks really cool like hammered galvanized kind of in points Mm -hmm. where it's like that is still so very much um of man that it it's not all 
smooth and shiny. It's not, you know, Howard uses jet where, you know, there's no rivets or anything on it. It's, it, it is still flawed in a sense, um, you know, indes- virtually indestructible, but it still has that handmade aspect of it or, or remade aspect of it. Um, so um, I just thought about this because on Monday you mentioned that the, and now this explains a lot about his his design, was that um, the mother box has like this very Rubik's Cube design to it. It has very, like very yes. um, Cu- angular cubic. shapes. And so now I'm thinking like, oh, it makes sense now that I've always found his body to be very rough edged and I could never understand the design of why they would make Rough edge meaning corners. There was a lot of corners and points. It looks like he's um what's the term where he's um uh triangulated. So or but in this term we probably quadrangulated, where it's like the Rubik's Cube shape of the mother box, like it's all cube related. And they said, Well, he can't have smooth parts because the mother box is all angular. So you have yeah. to make polygonal armor. Like his he has muscular, like you have to make all the contours polygonal. Yeah. So that might explain. So I guess a good example would be his forearm there. You can see his forearm. It's like it's all polygons. Yeah. That have like he cannot have smooth shapes. And, and his then the, thigh. Yeah. His and thigh his head. has like pieces as well. It's you would think like his head would be smooth because it's a round shape of the skull, but it's instead it's it is still also polygonated in a way where it's like. It can't be smooth surfaces because the mother box itself is not a smooth object. It's like this idea that he's compiled of like stained glass and even putting it into that perspective <laughs> like glass. gives it so much more weight of just, you know, the whole idea of, of how stained glass was designed and, and how it relates back to, uh, you know, religious expectations and those types of storytelling and pieces of something uh, to make something else um, really kind of culminates into this idea of a recreated being. Um, and in all uh, sense and purpose, he's a technological god, you know? So make him out of stained glass, make him out of stained glass metal. Hey, yeah. he's, he's yeah. pulled yeah, right from the books. <laughs> now, can you can you scroll forward? and Because yes. and, we're watching this as we record. We kind of like scrub through this a lot. I want to see the front of his um, chest here. Okay, now pause right here because this is a great one. Yeah, because uh, I was looking at this is the only this is the only action figure I own of uh, of anything from this DC universe because I like Cyborg a lot. So I was like, I was at a convention, I saw this, I said, okay, I'm gonna buy a Cyborg action figure. Because is that this is the awesome. icons? What which one is that? No, that is... this is just like a McFarlane, I think. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a McFarlane. So it's not as much posability. Um, no offense. Uh, to toy maker manufacturer, but um, <laughs> you can, I don't think you could like attribute any offense to McFarlane toys in any sense of the way. There's, <laughs> it's just it's just there. It's just there. They're kind of like, like, well, they're it, an institution. So. You can't really say anything bad about it. <laughs> it's not like a Mayfex uh, action figure. Yeah, right. Like that. But the, yeah, but so I was I was staring at it because I I want you. I was looking at this. I was getting that idea with the polygons, and then I looked at his chest here, and it it was really detailed here. So I wanted to look here. Does that look like an Omega symbol where his heart is? I can't see it. Oh you need my to... gosh, it kind of does. In the in the movie or in the on the in yeah, the movie? Yeah, in, in the movie, it's, like it's uh, where the, the light it's kind of around the light in his chest. I can kind of make that out. 
now that you mention it. There's like, it's so it's kind of like going from the sternum. So you see the heart, but then the outer band of it. Do you see the, that, because there shouldn't, there really shouldn't be, there's no muscle that would, 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 um, I'm not seeing what you're. Like what, like why, to me, the question would be like, why is there like a line that sort of divides his chest? Like, what's the purpose of that? If it wasn't to sort of in some way make that shape. But do you see, do you see the beveling outside of the chest? So you see the heart Nate, right? You see this deep center heart. Okay. Now the outside, this big armor plating, there's like these kind of spikes that come up. Yes. But then as it wraps down, it has like this omega symbol. Do you not see that? How it like bows out and then comes back in? No, because I can, oh God, the only visual that I'm seeing is like a Batman chest. It's it's a bat symbol on his chest because I'm seeing it as a whole out to his shoulder blades. It, oh, okay, it out. And then those points are ears. But now I'm, now I'm <laughs> only stuck on, on seeing that. I'm trying to, no, no, trying to no, hone in on the, on the omega symbol. Um, I don't think this is the first time we've brought this up. Maybe we didn't talk about it on on a recording, Mark, but I feel like you and I have said maybe there's other parts in this movie where that heart did look like an Omega symbol. I guess what I'm seeing is like maybe an upside down Omega symbol. So like the the heart light kind of goes down in the middle and then it sort of curves out on both sides of that light at the end of the light. So I guess what I'm seeing is like an upside down Omega mm-hmm. symbol. Yeah. Because the Omega way- symbol has like a like a little bit at the bottom and then it has a circle that goes around and has a little other little bit at the bottom. So I guess I'm I guess I'm seeing it from like an upside down Omega symbol. I you know, um I guess that's another person to to bring in the conversation. So we um uh, Patrick Totopoulos who did the design oh, for yeah. the Batmobile. Oh. Um, he did more of a impression that would be like the bat without giving it like an actual bat symbol on the vehicle. Instead, he did like it was uh, uh, the negative spacing creates the bat symbol on the front of it. Um, and and maybe this is maybe he has input as well. It's like there's a design here that's like kind of the either it's flipped or there's a negative version of it. That's like it. The des- there is a design here on purpose that maybe we're our brains are like trying to like capture what it is and like figure it out i think i'm seeing more of the upside down one that i look at it uh now i'm looking at his chest as a whole the chest piece and not so much the lights and i see a bat symbol once you said it yeah yeah this, i can, I can a, see that too this is That's a, hard uh, for me to get get out of um but i do see the omega symbol in the cracks now of his chest plate um like the actual separation of the plate here somewhere coin that um <laughs> the separating of the plates is is creating the lines of the omega symbol um mm-hmm. you know i i would there. say it's intentional um yeah it's got it has to be, to be. <laughs> it has to be something there. i mean obviously the intention of like the the heart itself which is not so i guess because cyborg has like iconically a red light in his in his chest that they were like well how do we capture that and they're like well you can have the opening exposed kind of core of it um but then yeah i mean if you, if you press play does does that heart beat i think we've, we've talked about this before 
It does the heart of, there's a, beat. There's, there's a bit of fluidity in there somewhere. You could see it somewhat, but not as much uh, in, in that shot. I always kind of attributed it more to um, like uh, the movements of, of Kirby dots. Mm, mm-hmm. So just having like some oranges, some reds, some darker reds, mm-hmm. and even some a little bit of brown to kind of like... And being in that, that organic, blotchy kind of... Mm-hmm. Um, there was another... Ver- we saw it uh, in... Oh, Rebecca, you were here for it. When Darkseid <laughs> and Steppenwolf were talking, uh, and Desaad were talking on the uh, the Liquid Geo, or whatever right. we were calling it, the lava flowing from the Apocalyptan characters was very much uh, Kirby Dots, like, because it was drip driplets of lava, of, like, the bright, and then that was showing the dark stone underneath um, that was giving it that li- that liquid effect of... Kirby dots. I don't. They're called. They're not called Kirby dots. They're called something else. But I've always referred like, to them like as Kirby a dots. Cur- Kirby crackle, maybe. Yeah. Is that or what it is? Is it a Kirby what, that's, crackle? That's what I've always okay. heard. Is Kirby crackle. <laughs> dots crackle. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kirby crackle. The new uh, Kirby uh, crackle bark. It's the. It's like the thing you buy at the store. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, even just looking. This shot just went back to Barry Allen, and I just think that this flash suit is is really good looking. Um, I really enjoy uh, this suit. Uh, I I um I saw the other day like the Flash the movie it popped up, and I was like, oh, do you want to watch this movie? And I and they just showed it was just a picture of Ezra Miller in like the newer Flash suit, and I don't know what it is, but it's like it doesn't doesn't look good. It doesn't match. Whereas here, looking at this flash suit, it's like sure, it's like a prototype. It's like makeshift armor, um, but form wise, design wise, like yeah, it just it just matches in a way that's like maybe if you just painted it a lighter red, everyone would just be happier. Or a duller, <laughs> duller, a duller red. Like that's the thing. It was too shiny. It was too new toy. Um, and that wasn't just for the Flash. That was kind of for, I think, for all of these heroes that kind of had some sort of a costume change. With the exception of Wonder Woman, because her was all gold armor, and you can get away with it being shiny, okay? Kingdom Come, we're good. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at least for these, this arc, this, these movies, um, you know, even, even Dawn of Justice, where we did see a snippet of the Flash, um, it has this... Uh, uh worn look to it everybody has this worn in look to it and then when we got to the new suits it was all bright and shiny even batman's which was uh, horrendous um was still just like i don't know if i wanted new action figure um and that's Mm -hmm. that's one of my biggest things i will talk about it a lot with like schumacher films and stuff it was the thing that always held me back it was like i don't know if i wanted the new action figure with the shiny silver and and the other stuff like i wanted to see him continue on it's been years he's been doing batman for years uh so mess him up a little bit he can't be going back home and run into the dry cleaner every day you know uh (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he can, but it 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 really depends. It, it's it's how you it's how you blend it in with everything else. I mean, because exactly you, you talked about the golden eagle armor, but I think even the Aquaman armor uh, that know, was another one. That was another one where it's just like again, really shiny. It's shiny for a reason and everything, but again, but it looks. I think it looks great. You're on. He does look incredible. 
<laughs> it's just a little bit too shiny. It's like you're a saltwater guy. Can you just like diminish it a little, a little bit? <laughs> I live in Florida. You know what happens to brass when it just gets left outside? I had a trombone. I went through two trombones because of it. You know, anything, <laughs> anything left outside in Florida. Will, yeah, uh, it's like give it a little bit of sea salt grime on on these things. <laughs> um, it's yeah. that idea of like the whole Star Wars mindset of of uh, used new used like, used universe yeah. used universe yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. hey, you know, we're here, we get this, we get, everybody's costume in here looks amazing. Yeah. Um, nothing really looks bright and shiny new, but at the same time, it is. Um, and it really does make me want all of these action figures. And I want to take pictures of all these. I want all the May effects of these characters, just so I can have full posability, different heads. Like, <laughs> <laughs> give, me, give me your sword and your shield with your Wonder Woman, please. Yeah. I, I like the idea. I think we briefly sort of touched on the idea that these are all gods and goddesses, yes. mythological characters, and they all look visually like they belong in the same universe and that they all have this grandiose aspect to them that I think would put them on that sort of pantheon right. of these mythological characters. So it, it looks like they all match, but they're all very distinctive. Right. Absolutely. Um I think my immediate thought went into comparison of, um, uh, you know, when, you know, in Civil War, when Spider-Man shows up and he's actually contending with um, Captain America and they are with doing the, actual, the a, Winter Soldier. The, oh, no, this is in Civil War. Um, OK. And it's in the airfield and it's Captain America and Spider-Man having a, a close combat batting where, where are you from queens brooklyn yeah that, that whole thing the two of them on screen together with their costumes um has always looked so um video game-esque to me like it was bold colors it was bright it was in the middle of the day open area um <laughs> and the two of them standing next to each other with one spider-man being this like new CGI bright shiny Iron Man suit, but also kind of looking cloth Spider Man suit, and Captain America's real costume, like real movable straps and everything. Um, I just always remember like that was <laughs> a thing in a superhero movie where I was like, though you don't look like you're from the same spot, like you do look like you were taken from Winter Soldier, and then you were taken from just Avengers and put into this new movie where. Nobody really kind of has any matching. Um, I don't know. But, Rebecca, you said it. These, all these characters uh, look like they belong in one singular universe or singular world. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's just really good, really good visualization. Yeah, they're they're all part of the same toy line. They're all part of the uh, the same McFarlane toy line. Instead of mixing and matching different uh, versions of the the action figures, into, um, yeah, uh, the same. Yeah, right. Same, we can't have uh, a sandbox random build a character figure of <laughs> you know a, a Frank Miller Dark Knight Batman playing with an old icon's dark side. Anyway, um, Rebecca, one <laughs> thing I did want to point out is that you mentioned Batman's suit and you mentioned the like scratching and just like tears, right. sewn up tears and stuff on it. I, <laughs> you mentioned it being an idea of him having a tussle with Catwoman in the past. And you know, I cannot 
understand why I didn't think of that before because I talked about this suit and the scratches in our Dawn of Justice uh, review. I talked about it a lot. Um, and I think, Mark, when we were talking about it, we were uh, attributing the defects and, and the marks in that suit uh, to um, uh, knife stab wounds and knife marks and everything mm. because he was a very uh, hands-on kind of um, fist fighting Batman at that point. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would, I, I, I don't know why I never was just like, oh, wouldn't those be awesome if those were like Catwoman claw marks? It's like, that's, <laughs> that makes so much more sense. Um, I think it could be a mixture of both. Um, as, as I go back uh, through this minute, maybe there's not as many of the marks on this one. He may have a shinier, new, newer suit yeah. here. I, I, feel, I feel like there's some marks on this version of the suit. Uh, but I yeah. think it could be, I mean, I didn't even think, I just attribute it to Catwoman, but I didn't even think about the knife marks, but I think it's probably a good mixture of both. Probably. I like it more that it's like, again, that's me putting myself more into the universe of just what if, there we go, um, I'm just, yeah, this dude's been doing it for 20 years. What are we, am I going to just assume that Catwoman hasn't been a part in 20 years? What am I, come on, get out of here. Like, <laughs> of course that happened with like in the first couple years and everything. Um yeah, really great suit. This suit is a little bit has a has a bluer tint to it, um, rather than like the gray, I guess, dark charcoal that we got in in Dawn of Justice. Um, so it's really cool. Yeah, there's the lighting in this scene is uh, I think absolutely incredible, um, particularly this light source that is coming in, and there's a shot of it in the beginning of the minute, or right here actually when Batman's talking. <laughs> This, I don't know what it is in this room. Maybe it's like a big LCD screen that is turned off. But <laughs> from a production standpoint, that is a highlighter light. Like, that is so cool if that's actual, like, the actual screen of just, they, they rigged up on uh, on the gaffing. They just put the highlighter on there and was like, okay, yeah, totally. We need, this is our light source. Diffuse it a little bit. And uh, it's in the shot. Meh, big deal. It just looks like mechanic. It looks like it's part of the set. Um, I don't mm -hmm. know. It just, uh, this is really cool. To me, that looks exactly just like a highlighter. And I, that's so cool. If that's, if that's the real light source that they're using to light this scene, it just makes so much sense. It's not even like a well, cop out. It's not even just like, a, oh, hey, you, you left the coffee cup on the table in Game of Thrones. It's like, no, 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 no. Just use that as your light source, please. Yeah, like the, well, the... Go for it. <laughs> oh, no, I was, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, well, I mean, it makes sense for the environment. They're in a lab. They would have yeah, to have yeah. certain kinds of li lights to light certain things a certain way. So that totally, I buy into mm -hmm. that. What I think is really interesting about this shot of Batman that you're talking about is that he, they've, they've lit it in such a way that you can only see one of his eyes mm -hmm. and i think previously we talked about how cyborg only has that one eye that's sort of like his human eye that sort of signifies like part of his human the the human the humanity part of him and so uh i think that's really interesting with batman because when i think about dawn of justice and how in dawn of justice his his armored mask gets sort of torn in half and you see the part that's the robot sort of the the armored mm -hmm. robot batman and then the part that's the bruce wayne the actual human part of him and so I don't know. I sort of think about that when I think of only really showcasing one of his eyes in that cowl. 
um, why why would they make that choice? That ha- that almost has to be intentional because they would have spent a long time lighting this scene um, because that's kind of filmmaking. Uh, a large portion of the 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 making you wait on set is because they've got to yep. light everything, and so they would have had to have made this intentional choice to only show one of his eyes very clearly in that cow. Yeah. So I, I just think that's interesting. I'm over here like covering half his face. I can just see like the the one in shadows and it's really cool just to see batman with like you know without the human eyes and just you know be in the shadows there but no it's a really cool mm-hmm. effect i was looking um uh on the side here i was looking at um kind of like this suit in comparison to his dawn of justice suit and and you're right nate like the this one is more black like full full black where the Dawn of Justice suit had like that kind of charcoal mm-hmm. and then the symbol was black. And then there's there's a lot more damage on that Dawn of, Dawn of Justice suit. I mean, the, oh, yeah. I remember talking a lot about the bullet holes or not <laughs> not bullet holes, but there was like it, like maybe there was a bullet hole and then it was patched over. Yeah, there was. Patch so work. there's a lot like those circles that mm-hmm. were on there. Um, and then I see he's got like holes uh, where his bicep would be, and that looks like either he's been stabbed, or shot three times, or you know, you know, you can make a lot of inferences there. But I think, I think instead of Catwoman, I think we were talking about Killer Croc because we were talking about Dawn of Justice and Suicide Squad at the same time. Oh yeah, and, and I think we were thinking like, well, Waylon Jones was was you know he's properly introduced in this universe, and maybe that's if we're talking about him incarcerating uh deadshot and and killer croc and harley quinn then maybe some of the scratches could be from 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 mr mr jones you know uh i do remember that a lot there's there's that big there's a there's a time period where i forget batman was doing batman things and it's in that suicide (laughs) squad moment where like everybody was caught in gotham like batman just brought them all in and i was just like yeah dude thanks here's your check like <laughs> I I always assumed Catwoman was sort of hinted at and established in Dawn of Justice, where he tells Wonder Woman, you know, I've I've, I've met women like you, or whatever he says to her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I assumed that he was uh, referring to Catwoman in that way. So that's uh, fun because she burgles. Yeah. Well, that and uh, uh, in that scene, you know, Diana's all dressed up. She looks beautiful, yeah. and uh, I and I, I sort of see. Like a, a a slinky sort of Selena Kyle, you know, dressed up in that way. I could I could see Bruce sort of making that connection mm-hmm. with her. So yeah. that's a, that's always how I've sort babe of in the woods. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're totally right. And um, man, like we said earlier, what a movie! You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> a movie has layers to it. It's just it's it's always a treat going back to watch it. I haven't watched it in so long, and I think that's another thing I I treat myself to is that. I never really put Dawn of Justice on just to watch it. Oh, it's like, dude, I it's do always it all been, the time. It's always just to me. It's like if I'm gonna watch it, like I'm gonna watch it, you know. And so it's, um, it has been a while since I watched it. I I think I need to again. Um, but yeah, during that time, it was Dawn of Justice and Suicide Squad, and and they all started to roll in together. And so, um, what a time that 2016. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> was it? <laughs> I, re- I remember it being a good time when when all these movies were coming out and everybody was so excited about everything. It was so. a good time. I, I don't yeah. think it was such a good time on the internet. 
Um, no, oh, no. I mean, the internet's always garbage, <laughs> but uh, the uh, the excitement of these films. Yeah. I think, when was a uh, good was... time for the internet? E-bombs <laughs> world. Uh, yeah. When was a good time yeah. for the internet? Good question. Newgrounds. We'll, we'll, I mean, we'll leave that to the listeners. They can they can let us know. We'll need a new slogan to like the make home the internet star great again. Years. And we ask them when was the internet great. So, um, but that's all I have for this one. I, I had only costume talk, so I leave it to you guys if you guys have any other notes that you have for this one the only other thing i wanted to to bring up was the dialogue between wonder woman and aquaman she tells him the one uh the woman he loves he remembers her Mm. and aquaman says he went to her because she wasn't afraid of him those two lines are so rich because uh wonder woman uh is assuming that he has gotten his uh that superman or clark got his memories back he is starting to remember things it's not like he's this just uh you know uh walking dead with no memories he is starting to remember and i like that wonder woman this character who is so uh built upon compassion and love yes. she talks about love a lot yes. in her her wonder woman uh 2017 movie that she would focus on that. She would recognize yeah. that Clark has this love for her. And uh, she, by this point, would know who Lois is. She's probably hung out with Lois. She went to the funeral. So she probably knows Lois a little bit. And, um, of course, I'm just, you know, you know making that reach uh, in terms of their dynamic. But, uh, but I think the fact that, you know, Wonder Woman was there when Superman died. Yeah. And she saw and she Lois crying Lois. over and yeah. noticed and, and they would realized oh love like in that right. moment that was it yeah you're absolutely right um yeah so i i like the idea that this line is like um allowing her to connect the love and yeah. those memories and in in lois and what i think is really telling about aquaman in my opinion is that he tells her that clark went to lois because she wasn't afraid of him which is true like i think that it, there, that is a true statement but my question about Arthur is that is that how he views relationships? Does he value women who aren't afraid of him? Is that something that he is looking for in somebody to like would that be something that he would see about Mira that Mira wasn't afraid of him? I just thought that was a really interesting uh uh perspective from Aquaman that he would talk about love in that way yeah. that it's not it's not about necessarily about love it's about not fearing someone right. it's still uh, that. so I, I yeah i was continue i'm sorry oh no i was just gonna say i just i just think that's interesting that they have those two different uh reads on that interaction between lois and clark that wonder woman would see it from the perspective of love and then aquaman would see it from a perspective of fear or no fear yeah um yeah yeah um, I mean, he's very much so like that. Uh, war- <laughs> it kind of flips the tables. Like Aquaman is going about that warrior type of mindset, kind of like a Klingon, in in my opinion. Um, where they <laughs> have their their relationship between male and female Klingons is very, um, you know, warrioristic, uh, aggressive kind of. Uh, you know, uh, e- each member has to like, you know, match the other person. Um, but also it relates to Aquaman with him relating it just back to animalistic instincts because that's what he knows and he can hear and listen to and he sees these sea creatures and and just knows that type of that you know it's like these creatures would would do that it's it didn't fear him it went right to him it's kind of like 
you know, what if he was faced to, what was the first time Aquaman, Arthur, ever got face to face with a massive great white shark? And did that great white shark go to attack him? Or did it sense that there was no fear and it just kind of went up to him or, or what have you? So, yeah, Wonder Woman seeing it from the idea of love, you know, Wonder Woman's whole thing, love is love, love prevails, all that jazz is excellent. And Aquaman seeing it just from like this animalistic nature sense is so fitting and it kind of just again bridges those two cultures really together um these two ancient species that are existing on the same planet but both from vastly different heritages uh, and and knowledge of how the world works um and they're you know they're they're trying to bring it into what they understand it's it's so it's so good it's poetry yeah, and the fascinating thing for me is that they're both right. Yeah. You know, Lois wasn't afraid of him, and that's why Clark was drawn to her, but it was also because he remembered Lois yeah. and that he loved her. So uh, the fact that they have these two different uh, viewpoints on it, but they're also both correct, I think is really interesting. All right, we're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really does help the show and helps new listeners discover our show as well. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can chat with us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like to hear more bonus content, we also have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute. <laughs>